Hello and welcome to the Chicana Code Switchers podcast. Your co-hosts are Ariana and Patricia. We are both Chicana scholar practitioners in higher education. Each episode, we discuss insights, tips, and resources for students and practitioners in higher education with a focus on social justice and platicas. With that being said, let's start this episode. Hello, good morning or good afternoon. Um, I'm excited to to be uh, recording another episode for Chicana Code Switchers today. We have a special guest um, and uh, you might remember her. Um, Her name is Magali Limeta, who is a proud first-generation Mexican-American from Novato, California. She was the first in her family to graduate uh, university and received a degree in anthropology from the University of California, Los Angeles. She's the senior revenue cycle analyst for UCSF, an advocate for social change and an active member of the San Rafael Evening Rotary Club. She was selected for four fellowships, including Frontline Leaders Academy, New American Leaders, Emerge California, and New Leaders Council. Wow. As the former president of the Marin County Young Democrats and current AD10 delegate to the California Democratic Party, she has dedicated time and been recognized for her contributions to Marin County. Her passion is rooted in her struggles navigating the education system on her own as a first-generation Mexican-American. She believes that together we can reform systems to break down the barriers to access housing, healthcare, and education. So welcome, Magali. Thank you so much, Ariana. I'm so happy to be here with you and Patricia. For our listeners um, who don't remember, we actually have had Magali before. So she came to talk to us about her experience uh, working in public health. And from our last conversation, we had talked about uh, you had still been on the fence of whether or not to go to graduate school, right? And so now um, it's been pretty exciting because you wanted to talk about Um, why you've decided to run for a political position in your county, um, so local politics. And so we wanted to like ask you, like since our last time we sat down and recorded, tell us a little bit about an update of like what has happened, what has driven your decision to get, you know, started on getting yourself on a ballot, what position are you running? So give us all the details of, you know, catch us up on, what has Magali been doing <laughs> since we um, last recorded? Yeah, I know. It's so nice to be back on the show. I'm a big fan of you and Ariana. So I'm um, pretty excited to share these uh, news with you um, and your listeners. I am running for Novato School Board. I will be on the November ballot. Um, and I, yeah, I originally, well, my plan was to go to business school. Um, that's why y'all interviewed me um, the first time around. And Well, I'm not doing that at the moment. Um, I decided to take a pause on that to really focus on this election and um, really got involved in the education issue this past for spring. So Novato has budget issues. Uh, They were trying to close down a school and, um, and after doing more research and trying to learn why that happened, I said to myself, wow, I think I can contribute and find solutions of how to like avoid this in the future, right? Like, how do we make this more um, successful? Um, how do we make it better? How can I contribute to society in a very different way? And I figured that education is something that is close to my heart as being a first-generation college student. I like would translate all the documents for my parents. Um, I would, you know, uh, basically translate at teacher parent conferences. And I know that we still have a huge Latinx population in Novato. So I think that I want to champion every student, but also champion students who had my experience right um so yeah so I'm pretty excited (laughs) my golly I I loved how you just got us started uh opening up about you know we we might have plans and they might shift change pause right because something else comes up and I I really do believe in that timing is everything 
Yes, I think, and you know, I think it's, we're always on this, this, like, I, for me, it was like, I want to do this by the time I'm 30. I want to have a grad degree before, you know, before turning 30. And it just, it didn't go to plan. Right. And that's okay. Um, because now this happened and I'm like, okay, it's not right now. It is important. Don't get me wrong. Like getting a, a, a business degree is important, but not right now, not at this moment. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, Okay, so you gave us a little uh, update. And, and with that, what drives you to get involved in the community? You mentioned um, an incident happened and your passion for education, but overall you've been doing, you've been actively involved in your community politically for, for a long time. Yeah, Ariana, I've been very involved since I was a teenager, right? Like I got involved um, when I was a freshman with community like, political work. Um, you know, in, uh, in school, I ran for ASB president, right? I didn't get it. Uh, but I was, you know, I've always been of service. And that always meant I was a big brother, big sister when I was in high school. I was a part of the Marin, um, the Youth Leadership Institute that basically, I think it was really there that I learned that young people have the power to make change. Like I learned that you don't have to be an adult to create policies, but young people can also influence policy. And that's what I was doing when I was a a sophomore in high school. I was passing like ordinance ordinance to ban the uh, alcohol sponsorship at the Marin County Fair. Um, I was going to board of supervisor meetings advocating for um, for more policies on underage drinking, right? Because at the time when I was a teenager, Marin County had the highest alcohol drinking underage drinking in the state. So I think it's in my DNA, like I'm really here to be of service, whether it's a political position like the school board or being a member of society. I think we all can make a change and I've done it. You know, I've been part of, like you read my bio, I've been part of the Rotary um, for the past like nine years. I've been part of, uh, you know, I, you know, with 10,000 degrees, I was a mentor for many, many years. And it's an organization that's close to my heart um, because once you've been in that position of not knowing how to navigate the college process, you want Want to you want to help someone that that you know you want to help someone that has a a better experience with with that with the when a parent can't help them um, what is FAFSA what is how do I fill out this application so I yeah I've always been of service I'm passionate about community I'm passionate about giving back yeah you bring up a, a very good point of like how we decide to make any career or you know academic changes or transitions into our life because you um, at some point have reflected that you know whatever path you were doing or whatever work position you were doing um, no longer is fulfilling that specific you know growth that you're looking for or an area where you feel a more urgency of some of us um, focusing on so when you're looking at how does this impact young kids now going through k through 12 to prepare them for adulthood, um, you found out that a lot of the leaders within your community aren't understanding the new challenges that the new generation of students will need to face and the changing demographics within even Marin County um, and how you grew up in Marin County and how different you want you know, some of these leaders to connect and be understanding of what are the new challenges that we're all facing, not only with COVID, but like socioeconomically, it has just been, you know, so many fires and some literal fires because we were in the Bay Area with a lot of, you know, climate change issues that we've had that really have impacted our, our communities. So in terms of, you know, for your experience, um, what are first uh, political involvement that prompted you to continue serving? You know, how did you prepare for this? So I've been politically, so yeah, so I was involved in high school law in the community, but I really got politically active in college. My first campaign that I got involved with was when Gavin Newsom, our governor, ran for lieutenant governor. Um, and it was around the same period that Barack Obama had decided to run 
for president um, and also Hillary Clinton. Um, so those are the kind of the earliest campaigns that I really got involved early on in, in my college career. And then at UCLA, I very much got involved with the Democrat, uh, the Bruin Democrats, um, and we campaigned for different local uh, leaders. Um, some members went to Nevada to door knock. Um, so those are my early, real early experiences of being politically active. And then after college, I got involved with the Marin County um, Democratic Central Committee. Um, and that's the body under the California Democratic Party. So we are the voice in Marin County for the Democratic Party. <laughs> um, and so we passed resolutions, we endorse local candidates um, who are have the democratic values. And because of that, my involvement with that organization, I became a delegate to the state party. So we focus on uh, uh, statewide issues, um, uh, endorsing um, national leaders like our senators, the governor. Um, and so, yeah, that's how I pretty much got involved and have seen how policy can affect everyday people. And the leaders that we choose are important because you want people that genuinely care and not driven by ego or driven for something else to run, right? And we do see that a lot nowadays, right? Um, so I think that's how my passion that's how i got involved with politics right since like college and uh through that have met other political uh, like people who are just passionate about the community who are activists who also understand that in order to create change you need to sit at the table um, and that's how we really create systematic change and representation right because um as you've been um part of so many groups of people and also um, what comes to mind and we've discussed this previously, but networking, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like for you now, you're in a, I want to say in a position where a lot of folks know you, they know what you stand for. They know what you, what you represent, what you stand, you know, just all these things. Um, can yeah. you talk to us a little bit more about that? About um, just like building your net. Yeah. Oh, building your network. Yeah. Yeah. It's so I think that when, once you're part of this like world, right, this political world, you have, you kind of understand a little bit more than the average person that jumps, that has no political experience, right? Like in my case, I've done so many fellowships, like, like I, I right now I'm doing one, um, and I, in the past I've done new American leaders, right? And new American leaders basically says, how do you run a campaign? And they give you the communication toolkit. They give you your win number. What is a win number? Well, a win number is usually how many votes do you need um, in order to win your election, right? And with that, you look at data for the past five years, 10 years, um, who votes on an off election. And those are the people that you want to target, right? Um, so that's where I learned all that in my fellowships. I learned this. I'm like, wow, right? Like basically you, they're like, they act as consultants uh, for free, right? Because when you run, it's expensive to hire a consultant, uh, but they're giving you all these resources. And then another fellowship is teaching you what's your brand, right? What are your, what are your platforms? And if you don't want to be a, uh, uh, a candidate, how do you become a campaign manager, right? So like, I always set these fellowships because I wanted to learn and grow, right? And have a network. I never did it with the intention, like, I'm going to run someday. And this is why I'm doing this. It was mostly like, I want to be better at what I do. I want to be a better advocate. But how do I create a network to do that? Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just all these organizations. And um, I also completed something in, in um, last year, Emerge California, and Emerge is around nationally. So if your listeners are in New York, there's an Emerge New York. If uh, people are in Texas, there's an Emerge Texas. And basically what Emerge does is it trains Democratic women to run for political office. And they basically go through every aspect of a campaign, how to fundraise money, right? What's your pitch? Um, what is... What 
what, how are you going to market yourself? Um, and also what's really cool about Emerge California is once you figure out like a game plan, a roadmap to running for office, they really give you, they, they have a board of directors where they provide you feedback on your campaign. So I think those are the really great resources that are out there that have helped me how to run my campaign or establish a, a campaign. Yeah. And I, I like that you address the whole, like, these are, this information is available for free via these fellowships. Um, but with that question, how important is it to be financially stable to get politically involved? Okay. Money. Yeah. You need money. Campaigns are so expensive. Um, and this is what I tell people. That's why people don't run because they're like, I don't know a lot of wealthy people. I don't know how I'm going to fundraise. And you know that in our comunidad, we don't really ask for money. We work hard for our money. <laughs> so I think that's the other thing. But in general, women don't like to ask for money. Um, so yeah, Ariana, you need money um, to uh, run a campaign. And um, sometimes people can give a lot and some people can't give as much, but for me, when I'm asking for money, for me, a dollar is a dollar, $5 is a lot, like $20. Oh my God. Like, great. Thank you. Like, cause I think every little, every amount is meaningful, right? Uh, because they're saying, Hey, I believe in you. And so it's hard. It's hard getting on the phone and asking for friends for money but people have been super supportive they've said yes of course um you, you know where do I send my money or share your donation link I'm going to share with friends so I think I've been very very lucky that people are are just being super supportive but yes you do need money in order to run it's it's you need money to send your message right you need to send flyers to voters you need those yard signs you know vote for Magali and those are expensive you need um, when you're door knocking you need flyers for that right to for 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 voters to remember your name so that's where the money goes right and then also it costs money to file right and if you want it in Spanish it's more money <laughs> so it's like it's I think it's like fifteen hundred dollars I think someone told me I haven't checked yet. I haven't been to that part, but apparently it's like $1,500, but you also have to maintain a website, you know, that costs money. So that's where the money goes to, um, generally to send, to spread your message. Yeah. And talk to us more about how inaccessible this, these things are, right? So when you're looking at, um, your whole campaign, like, like the whole project, right. Where you are, putting together language, right? Inclusivity of like, what kind of different languages do you want to include? So more people can understand like who you are and get to know like more about you. Cause I have seen a lot more candidates now include. Um, so I'm in the East Bay in the Bay area. And so I've looked at all the candidate pamphlets that I'm getting in the mail. And right now there has been, it's been pretty interesting because some of them, like depending on how they brand, their whole campaign, how they put their look, what colors they have. Like there's like so many people involved in terms of the experts or people that you consult with to just put that together. Right. So there's so many different volunteers you need also to, you know, do the canvassing, mailing, making sure they, they, you have the numbers kind of organizing who's going to go where, uh, if you're going to do a door to door knocking, Right. Or even organizing town halls or debates or some sort of like, um, what is it when you, what's the word where you like meet with other candidates from other counties or like you build alliances with other <laughs> folks to, you know, canvas together. So like, it's not like just a one, <laughs> you know, you are on your own. Um, and we mentioned this because Ariana and I have been also involved when our friend Mariana had wanted to also campaign to be a trustee. Um, so like, it's just so interesting in terms of that position, in the school board, tell us a little bit more about like how challenging it is when you're trying to include more people to get involved. So it's like the language, right? Like the language is hard. So finding volunteers who speak multiple languages or understand the different places you're trying to campaign in uh, so that you can reflect again, the, the community involved in the community and also whoever is your you know, volunteer group is on the same page, right? So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I, um, 
I grew up in a little, growing up, I grew up in, or growing up, I lived in this little neighborhood at Califo Drive, and it's a lot of gente Latina, um, and they have never been politically active, and I basically went back, because I still have, my nephews live there, and they go to, Nova um, they attend schools in Novato, um, and they were just so, they were like, wait, you're running for school board? wow you know they were just so impressed because they've never been politically active you know and i and that to me I, for me because i've i guess i've been in it for so long that it's not like it's not you know it's, yeah like it's kind of a big deal but it's really not and then i just and when they said wow like that is a big deal i was like yeah you're right because my parents don't have a high school degree right um and my mom's a housekeeper. My dad works in the restaurant industry. But within one generation, we were able to change the course of our of our life, right? With me and now running for office. Like my grandparents didn't even finish elementary school. So yeah, so then I, I forget that it is a big deal and how I'm bringing my community with me, right? The community that saw me grow up, the community that gave me so much. Um, so for me, it's really, like you said, the flyers that you got, it's important for me to have those in Spanish. The yard signs, I'm also having those in Spanish, right? Materials will be in Spanish, right? Because I want my, like, I want communities that usually are not being talked to or represented um, to, uh, to be part of this process, right? Um, I want to listen to them too, because they don't know what it's like to make a pub what is how do you make a public comment when an issue that's affecting your child um is 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 how do you go about that right thankfully um the school board meetings do provide an interpreter so that's really great but i think usually like how do, do you know when they have an issue do they know that they can go to public comments and say something about it right or do they have the time right board meetings happen at night after a long day of cleaning houses of picking up the children you know do you, you know do you have can can someone drive you right so yeah i think it's really important for me to to bring the community along that 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 i grew up in or bringing and, your your family into like the virtual space right as covid has been you know in in still in our reality of today a lot of some of the political involvement pieces have been virtually too. So that's even harder for some of our family members who, you know, have Wi-Fi technology or even know how to use the tools to even get to Zoom. And then even the kind of flow of the public comment will be even more different as people are adjusting or learning about um, how to use technology to do that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I know Magali has previously shared how it is important to get politically involved. And I want to say that you're your previous answer about these women um, in your community, how they thought about it being a big deal. Can you tell us more about like why it's important to get involved? Um, Be because there's all these policies, right? Like for me, some of my platforms or some issues that I care about is mental health. What are we going to do coming out of COVID? It's been rough these last two, three, three, two years, right? How are we going to come? I mean, we already had a lot of issues, right, with mental health. And now people, kids haven't been able to socialize, right? Kids haven't been able to adapt to this like Zoom, right? There's people that tell me my kids missed our friends, right? What are the impacts that we're going to see after this, right? So mental health is really, really important. And also for personal issues, it's a personal issue too. Um, the second thing that I will say is accessibility. Not everyone wants to go to a four-year university. So what are we doing for those students that don't want to go to college, that they're like, this is not for me, or college is too expensive? How do we create um, a pipeline for them, right? Um, and also, uh, the third thing that I really care about is how do we bring in the community with us, right? How do we get them engaged? How do we get the community to be politically active, right? Novato, um, I learned a couple, what I've, Novato, this is like a formula, right? Like we don't get enough money. We get paid by attendance. So I, I found out about our part of our funding is st when a student attends school, we get paid. When they don't, we lose money, right? And so that affects us when it comes to the budget. We serve the most students 
in Marin County, but are not getting um, money like other other cities and other towns. So it's like, how do we tell Sacramento to change this this policy or the formula to ensure that we have kids and we are able to provide good education and our teachers, what are we doing for our teachers? They've, they're our sole heroes in, in this COVID case, right? So what do we do for our teachers? And um, yeah, and those are the, some, some of the things that I'm really passionate about. And you bring up uh, so, many, so many good points because um, I've actually watched a recording of one of the school board meetings where um, I was just trying to check on my, the people that I voted in <laughs> from last time. And I was just like, okay, I wonder what they are doing, right? Like, I want to see what a school board meeting looks like. Um, and I don't have kids, but I was just like, I still, this is like so important to kind of like figure out what is our future looking like, or um, even like looking at the next candidates. Cause that's even so much work for all of us who can vote um, is about, keeping up with what is still happening and also kind of looking out for any new candidates that may be in the ballot. So like really understanding who is in the ballot, do they represent your values, your political, you know, um, interest to make sure that, again, your interests and your concerns are being addressed. And so many people, I mean, the conversation for that um, school board meeting was about police funding. So something so important so like in everybody's mind because of all the like different unfortunate um just you know deaths that have been happening through mass school shootings which is a big uh concern now in our in our day and age where kids also have to deal with covid um socioeconomic challenges and on top of that the safety of school um, and a lot of it is like bringing up issues like that, right? So if there are concerns where parents aren't seeing their kids and getting the education that they need, if teachers aren't getting get funded, like how do we retain good teachers, curriculum, um, school, like engagement stuff where it's like field trips, right? Like, or, you know, what is the content that they're learning, the curriculum where you may see issues where it's like, why are they learning about this topic? Or this is very racially, ethnically insensitive or, um, or expectations that are not flexible to the life of that family unit, right? So how you mentioned, like, if, what are we doing to prepare our kids to adulthood, and we're like, Ariana and I are, you know, professionals that work in college and see the challenges or the stuff that students aren't getting in K through 12. Like those school board meetings are basically talking about this stuff. Like that's where, you know, issues like that could be brought up and changed because they control how the funding works for a lot of these schools. Could you talk to us about a little bit more about how, you know, some of the school boards, like what is the power or the position that you are would have if you were to be in that position or get elected for me it's i'm going to work for every every student right um making sure that you understand the ag requirements right and that is a requirement for you to enter the csu system and the uc system right making sure that people are aware um voting on policies right curriculum approving the budget um, those are some of the things that the, the school board focuses on. Um, but, uh, but I think you did a really great summary of, I'm glad that you, you decided to tune into one of the board meetings because yeah, you're, you're talking right now, people, the school people, what we're talking about across the nation with school boards is, um, SROs, right? Police is on campus, um, COVID, right? COVID cases are increasing. So what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks? Are we going to ask all students to wear masks again? Um, we haven't decided, right? Uh, right now we're, as a county, Marin County is encouraging people to wear masks indoors. Um, while it's not being mandated by the state at the moment, um, you're also talking about uh, critical race theory, right? Some people disagree with that, right? Um, some uh, other issues are vaccines, right? Like, do we mandate vaccines for our students, right? That's also uh, a conversation that school boards are 
are discussing across the state. Um, and also there is uh, conversations about decline enrollment, right? Because birth rates are down. So that's also another uh, thing that you look at. So those are some of the, the hot topics right now, I would say. And it's those like very hot topics that are like, have a direct impact to our families. So like, how are we addressing school enrollment, school districting, or um, even the numbers, because um, that's what the counties are supposed to do, right? Like kind of predict and prepare for um, our new, you know, students that are coming in or projecting how many would move to middle schools, right? Or who is assigned to, depending on where you live, what school is you're supposed to go, especially for public schools. Um, so that's, that's a huge thing because I remember when I was in high school, even with my second year, when I was a sophomore, um, the school district had to switch all the districting lines of who was supposed to go to what high school because a new high school in a different county was opening up that usually they used to bus to our school, our high school. So like all these things that you like don't realize that like there are people who are deciding, voting and putting a plans together to um, know how to run uh, something like a school district. Um, so in terms of um, your upcoming campaign, um, what are some things that you are hoping to showcase or talk about to get people to vote for you? Um, so I grew up in the community. I attended all the uh, NUSD public schools. So Linwood Hill Middle School that is no longer open in Navarro High. Um, I've dedicated my life uh, serving the community. So after, besides getting involved in high school, after college, I came back to Marin. I work for Marin General Hospital, now known as Marin Health, and um, provided services to people who couldn't afford, or help people with their, with their financials, um, or be, um, help them figure out how to pay for, for their services, for their healthcare services um, that, you know, that wouldn't been able to pay for. Um, so I've been, I've been, I've been giving to this community for so much because I care about it. Um, I'm running for school board because I do believe that we can create change and provide resources and tools to every student to become successful. And what is, what is our vision for this, for the state? What is our vision for this country, right? How do we make an impact globally? And that's, we start with our children. We make the best decisions for them. Um, and that when I, if I get elected, I will always vote with the children's in mind, right? Always. That would be my, my number one thing that I will, I will do. I love that. It, I'm curious, cause I know you're really tight with your family and your brothers and you mentioned, you know, that your parents or that your mom doesn't have a high school, uh, um, education. Um, but to what extent did your family influence you to get involved, to give back to the community? And how do they feel about you running um, um, politically? Yeah. So from a very young age, my dad was be a service, be a service. And I, and I didn't really, I was just like, okay, you know, be a service, but I don't think he just talked about it. He really did it. Uh, I grew up in Novato. So on weekends we would go to the mission in San Francisco to do our grocery shopping and you would see a homeless person and my dad would either buy them food or they would, he would give them money and I, I think from that, I always saw, oh, wow, he, he doesn't, you know, he's, he, my dad's being a really nice person. But I think now that I'm old enough, I understand that, oh, be, that means be of service, right? Like, do something for someone that's not going to be able to thank you back. So I think from, yeah, from a very young age, it was very ingrained of this idea of always giving back, always giving back. But also, I'm going to take it a step further. My uh, uncle uh, was a politician in his in his little village of in Oaxaca. 
and uh, he was a leader, created a lot of good policies to benefit the community. And I think, yeah, I think I, I don't know if I got it from there, but he's definitely someone that I've ex- like I admire and respect um, because you know he he was he ended up being killed um, in two thousand and one for his political activism. So yeah, so I think yeah, I think those are some of uh, the reasons that I get engaged <laughs> or, or continue to get me engaged. Um, but yeah. And, and with that, um, how do they feel about you running? What does your mom say? I think my mom's, I mean, at first they were like, well, what does that mean? Right? Like, uh, and, and so I had to explain it to her. And then when I realized like, oh, you know, it's like a political position and she was just excited. And my dad was just kind of like, oh, okay. Um, good for you. Right. Like try not to like, you know, show emotion, but I think, yeah, I think he was very happy. Uh, cause you know, at the end of the day, he was, you know, do something good, do something good. And I'm like, I think I'm doing something good. <laughs> it's hard with Latino parent, Lat- like Latinx parents sometimes. Yeah. And I think they're more like kind of like trying to figure out how this works, you know, in terms of kind of the intimidation of like, wow, like you're really putting yourself out there Um, because you do have to have your face, you know, in pamphlets and uh, talk to a ton of people. And it's just could be very intimidating, especially when it comes to like, oh, what if you lose? Right. I don't know if you've all experienced where it's like our parents are so hard on us like coming from like being a child of immigrants or they're like unless you're perfect in a new country you know like it's like why go for it this is you know what if you lose what was that look like in our community because then now everybody knows you lost or something like that you know it's when you're putting yourself so in such a public spotlight it can be very, um, I mean, it, it could be intimidating, but it's also like, I think there's so much shame in like being so, you know, risk taking. Yeah. It, it's like taking a risk where it's so you're putting your heart in your sleeve and showing people, this is what I care about. And this is who I am. Yes. What are your thoughts on that? Yes. Well, and this is what I say, Patricia, win or lose, I'm going to empower the next generation right? I'm a brown woman running in Marin County, right? Like, there's no hiding that, right? So when someone says, oh, shit, she did it, I can do it. And I think that gives me peace, that I'm going to inspire and empower and have conversations with people that don't normally are, are involved in the political process. P- I mean, I'm looking at my donations, Some people have, this is the first time they're donating to a political cause. This is the first time they're donating to a political candidate. And that to me brings me joy because now they understand how it's, how it works, how this system works, right? That you need money in order for this candidate to win, but I'm going to give you money because I believe in your mission. I believe how you're going to contribute on the school board. I believe that you're going to put the kids first. And so yeah, that excites me. So win or lose, I still feel that I'm going to send a message to different community people. And showing us millennials that we do need to, you know, start thinking about what ways can we put ourselves out there? Because generally, you know, growing up in such turbulent it, you know, life circumstance for like recession in 2008, like those like big, huge milestones within our timeline has been pushed back because of the decisions that other people have made that would never, you know, would have happened be- if we had the right candidates in that position, because they would understand the implications of what would that, l- the repercussions of the decisions that would happen and how, um, I mean, I don't know if anybody is like looking at their, even in their own county politics, like there's been so many embarrassing moments where you're just like, these people don't know how to do their job and how are they the ones in that position, right? And the fact that you're taking such a huge risk and saying, you know what, I'm just going to spend this amount of time campaigning, you know, like it's so much time to put together, but you're making a difference by getting people more thinking about hey, someone like us can run. That is 
pretty exciting. You know, like now I know a little bit more about how that process works because you're kind of bringing in as you're moving along your campaign, showing them like what the steps are. So in case anybody uh, runs again, it's not like they're, they're knowing this for the first time. They're like, okay, like now we know how to organize a little bit more where, you know, maybe we save a pocket of money to help so-and-so run because they, they look like they're they're ready for that next stage, right? Yeah. So it's like, then we become sponsors or volunteers within that setting because so many of our family members already have the basic skills needed to organize Canvas and, you know, be politically involved. It's just a matter of there hasn't been a candidate that has been exciting enough to do that. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, I want to tell your listeners that Wherever you are in the world, you can create change, whether it's being a campaign manager, whether it's being involved in a political campaign, right? Whether it's making phone calls, right? Like you're contributing to our society, right? Um, But I also wanna tell them that if they do, know your why. Because when things get hard, your why is going to be your motivation to continue to push harder, right? When the negative attacks happen, when people are like, she is not qualified, or she doesn't know what she's talking about, or we don't want her on that on the school board. Um, your why is what's going to keep you going. It's what's going to make you get up every morning and keep knocking on those doors, talking to voters, making calls to fundraise, Does, you know, um, so yeah, I hope that um, if, you know, I, I wanna share my contact information if people have questions about this um, after they listen to this podcast, like I wanna reach out because I wanna be used as a resources. Like what's the point of me having all this knowledge and not sharing it with the world? And, and as, you were, um, as you were talking, as you were both talking, I was thinking about, you know, I grew up in Marin County. It's demographically, it's been predominantly white and older retired folks, right? Um, I know they've been, it's been changing. Um, and, and I'm just thinking, I really wasn't uh, informed about what, what went on in Novato. I think I would hear it more uh, because of you, Magali. And now because my brother goes to uh, Novato, uh, to a school in the Novato Unified School District, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, listening and hearing more about what's happening in in that area but I just think about like who you'll be one who you will be what the makeup of of the board will look like right like I want to say you might be one of the youngest and maybe you'll diversify the school board but you know you know best um, so people, so Samantha Ramirez, um, another Latina, uh, ran for school board. Um, she if she, she lost, uh, but ran an amazing campaign. She would have been the first Latinx millennial woman on any elected position we're in. Um, so she, you know, I told you she lost, but I think I would probably be the first let Latinx millennial woman elected on any on any board in or elected board in Marin County. Um, so it's kind of a little crazy to think about, but um, yeah, we, we need to step up for, you know, in, in whatever capacity we can, right? Because I know time and resources might be a barrier, but I want to tell people that don't let that be a, a motivation not to be politically involved or, or stop you from even considering about running for a position, whether it's city council, board of supervisor, uh, Congress, you know, like if you have, if you understand your why, why not, right? The sky's the limit. So <laughs> that's, that's my, that's my take on life sometimes. And if anything, give the incumbent some, some work to do, you know, where they really have to push to um, do better or like figure out like if they're not doing well they will get kicked out of their position um at least give them a little bit of a hard time have them for a first time show what are their qualifications to be in that position because I think a lot of them are unquestioned about why should they be in there like you know it's interesting because most of us who have never historically been in positions in the U.S. or haven't um, had the opportunity to know like, hey, you can run at this big 
role that has a lot of responsibility. And and then when other folks who have historic, like mostly, you know, white privileged, high income earning households get into run, like they don't question whether or not they're good at that position. They don't think like, oh, I suck. You know, I'm like very incompetent and I don't think I do good. No, they're like, the, the entitlement is like, why wouldn't I win? Because I have all the money, power and connections to make it happen. Right. So it's like, for us, it's like, yes, you have the skills, but I think it's like, it is the imposter syndrome and also intimidating, like putting yourself in that position where it's like, okay, you're going to be questioned. And it's like, it could be triggering because if you're first gen, everything, (laughs) you know, you're like, oh my gosh, everybody's kind of questioning whether I should do it or not. And it's like, no, that's kind of the process of what it's like to uh, run because you are going to have to convince people or just at least let them know what is your why, right? It's not because they don't think that you're qualified. It's just more like, I want to know more about you. And people should be asking, you know, the candidates, like, what is your position on X, Y, Z, you know, topic, Um, because I think that should be kind of the process of, especially if they're leading and representing you, it would be important to know uh, that. And yeah, to hold them accountable and to, you know, embody the, the um, priorities that a lot of us want to see happen within the next few school year cycles. And also, um, as you were talking about your why, Magali, uh, that also applies to higher ed, right? That also applies to PhD programs because when, you know, when school gets hard or, you know, it's not always going to be smooth sailing. So we all have to, at some point, regarding what we're doing or this long-term goal, it's, it's understand or define our whys to help us push through, right? So I just wanted to make that connection for our audience that this is not just like talking, talking politics. It's not just talking about getting your, putting yourself out there, but it's also, it, it's, you can apply that why to anything, you know, that you're, that is worth, you know, that is worth doing, I'd say. And like reflecting the why is such a, your journey as a human being, um, because regardless of whatever position you end up wanting to do or career shifts, as many of us will have to do a lot of career shifts as we're reflecting on what is important to us in the stage of life. Um, I think that's where a lot of people or a lot of college students haven't been given the opportunity or even K through 12 students given the opportunity. It's like, what do you want to do in the time that you're here in this rock, (laughs) you know, like, and how are you going to invite people into that mission of what you, what kind of reality and life you want to have um, an experience with others. Um, because if it is, you know, solving issues, like you want to bring in people to be able to make the change that you want to see happen. So it's exciting, Magali, that you put yourself um, out there to, you know, run and inspire a lot of our listeners um, to, Remind them to, if they're not running, (laughs) to help with the campaigning or a campaign with a candidate that they really like, or, you know, identify what is your skill that you'd like to do as we're heading towards um, a lot of the voting stuff um, that is upcoming and and the ballots and also um, to research their candidates if that's the way that they're going to participate politically. Um, Definitely take some time to look at the ballots the measures, the anything, and yes. uh, also, <laughs> start, start that now. Yeah, <laughs> you're 17, registered to vote. Um, and, you know, you can start registering when you're 17. But if you're not registered to vote, make sure you register to vote. And yes, local elections matter. Who you vote ma- matters. And every single vote matters. So that's kind of the message that I want to leave with. Uh, any any um, advice, anything that you'd like to add that we didn't discuss, address? Yeah, so um, two things. I want to give a shout out to Frontline Leaders Academy, New American Leaders, Emerge California, 
uh, and New Leaders Council. I think these organizations do a magnificent job to train the next generation of leaders who want to be politically involved, but also to the donors that make this possible. You don't pay um, to participate in some of these programs. Um, and also to um, get engaged, right? Get engaged, either start your uh, Democratic club, get involved with your local Democratic club, um, get in, in, involved in a, in a mission-driven organization because anyone can create change, no matter how small or big we're all, we're all contributing to, to the bigger picture, you know, of what our country needs. Amazing. I love it. I'm so excited for you, friend. Well, thank you so much. I, um, I hope that uh, I come back and tell you uh, my experience of running a campaign, um, whether I won or lost. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> we'll see, you know, but I'm here for the journey. Um, still have a couple months of campaigning to do. Um, as of, you know, today recording this, I haven't launched. So I'll be launching um, hopefully in a couple of weeks. Yes, and you can come back and tell us about more like once you experience the whole full fleshed out <laughs> campaign <laughs> season, you can come out and tell us about the logistics in case anybody, especially as we're all kind of like, I mean, you know, the ballots and campaigning as you know, you can start kind of planning it out as soon as possible that way. And the next cycle, you can start running or any of our listeners can at least have an idea of the process. So you can, you know, kind of give us a rundown of like what you've learned so far, any lessons, tips, tips and tricks. Yeah, no, <laughs> and uh, sure. hopefully you come in with some good news and say, I am in the board. And these are the things that we have to deal with. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, I admire you and Ariana. Um, and yeah, we'll keep the conversation going. Well, thank you all so much. And until next time. This week's BIPOC business shout out is ArtPCE.com. ArtPCE was established in 2020 by Halima Smith, a self-taught visual artist and illustrator based in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The primary mission of ArtPeace is and always will be to uplift and celebrate Black people and Black culture. Many of her pieces highlight Black joy, self-care, and social justice issues, and uplift and support Black-owned businesses. Through Art PCE, Halima has donated funds to organizations such as the After School All-Stars to help expand the Learning Day for Low-Income Children. Art PCE has been featured by many influential pages such as Revolt TV, Refinery29, and most recently the NWACP. Be sure to visit ArtPCE on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok to find more work and upcoming projects. Once again, check out ArtPCE.com. For all of our listeners, you can email us at chicanacodeswitchers at gmail.com and send us your POC business conference and event shoutouts and listener letters. You could also record a listener message on Anchor app, and that way we can include your recorded message in our future episodes. Follow us on Instagram at chicanacodeswitchers and on Twitter at xcodeswitchers. If you would like to support this podcast, you can Venmo or Cash App us at Chicana Code Switchers and or become a Patreon contributor. Thank you. And don't forget, switch the code. Don't let the code switch you.